have to remind myself that they're watching. And so if I am putting myself down like that, then they're going to think it's okay to do that to themselves. And it's not. And I don't want them to think that way. So I have to keep going. Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Today's guest is so inspirational. In fact, she has a podcast called Embrace Your Bravery. Robin Lynn is here to share her brave journey from childhood, a dysfunctional, traumatic experience, and how she broke out of that. And she and her husband intentionally created a new way of engaging and raising their kids with intention. She's a cycle breaker, mamas. She has three kids and her youngest is two. So she's also a pandemic mom. Enjoy Robin for her vulnerability and her honesty. Even through all the hard times, you will never hear a complaining voice. She's so positive and engaging and inspirational. Enjoy this episode and then embrace your bravery. Robin, I've been looking forward to this interview. I bring people onto the show that have all the titles and all the things and all the backgrounds, but you are my favorite type of guest. You are a mom who's intentionally releasing from your traumatic childhood and designing your journey and inspiring other moms to do it too. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. The other reason I'm just so excited is because we got to meet in person, which is incredibly rare in the world of podcasting, right? We use this technology to just make all the magic happen, but the magic universally brought us together in person for a beautiful afternoon of truly connecting and getting to know each other on such a personal level. Um, So I'd love to start there, if you're okay with it, to go way back before we come all the way forward. Yeah, for sure. I love that we were able to connect to you. I think that it's just so, it's so amazing the way that the universe works. And um, it was so needed, you know, just that connection and really connecting on a deep level. So thank you. Yeah. So my childhood was crazy. You know, my parents divorced when I was about six years old. And then it was just a series of traumatic events, you know, lots of different uh, things like alcoholism was a factor. Abuse was a factor. Um, My mom trying to figure it out, you know, and doing the best she could. But um, my dad was kind of out of the picture after the divorce. And so um, we moved a lot and there was a lot of codependency that she had with other men that started to come into the the picture so lots of different boyfriends and lots of different you know environments that we were put in um i had a younger sister who's 4 years younger than me and so you know at the age of 6 i really um felt like it was you know really my responsibility to help her and so my focus was really like 
I've got to help and do whatever I can, you know, um, to help her not be so confused or alone, even though like I myself, I'm confused and I don't know what's going on, but you know, my focus did shift to her a lot. And I think that that kind of also was a coping mechanism for myself. I'm not focusing on myself. I'm focusing on someone else. And that also helped me get through some of those times. But yeah, I am so thankful and grateful that I had an amazing support system outside of my um, immediate family. So my extended family um, stepped in when I was about in like fifth grade or so. And I moved into my grandparents' house. And that is when I finally had some sort of stability. Um, But before that, it was, you know, being in different places, meeting these different guys, um, you know, not quite sure what's going to happen next. I'm not sure, you know, if my dad was going to come back into my life or not. And that was always a really weird relationship too, whenever he chose to. And so from a young age, really knowing that I do not want this for my own children, you know, like I knew like, this is not okay. This is not like, even as a young kid, it's like, you recognize like, this is not, this doesn't feel right. Like this isn't cool. And so you know, recognizing that this is not the way that I want to live. And from a young age, knowing this is not the way that I'm going to have my children, you know, I am going to do things so differently and recognizing um, that, you know, and then applying it to life and showing up intentionally in those, in those ways that really transformed my life, knowing that, this is temporary. You know, what I went through, it was temporary. And as soon as I could, you know, got myself out of that situation and kind of like, just never look back. Like I am going to go and, you know, kind of turned into that, like achiever, like I'm going to be successful. I, you know, I knew that my mom was very codependent on men, relied on them for many different things. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be independent before anything else. And so I would never have to rely on anyone else to help me with, with any of it, like financially, emotionally, none of it. I was like, I have to be very independent so that I know that my kids aren't going to be in an environment where the same thing will happen. Oh my gosh. What a story. (laughs) Listen, everybody, I wish you could see her face right now because none of it is said with a sense of anything but joy and accomplishment and achievement and self-confidence. Here's what I know about trauma. It either defines you one way or another. And specifically about early childhood experiences, you either grow up believing that that's just the way the world works and then repeat that back to the world for another generation to absorb, or you do what you did And from literally your youngest years, Robin, you embraced your bravery. You were the bravest little girl ever saying, "Hmm, I'm going to feel into my intuition here and I'm going to make this as okay as it can be for myself and my sister right now. I'm so inspired by that. I had did not have that childhood, but I know that so many people listening are saying, I totally align with this. I get it. Breaking out of that cycle is not easy. It's It's got to be almost as hard as breaking a true addiction because our routines and our habits and our belief systems and the stories we tell ourselves, they're stuck until we figure out a way to shift a paradigm. How did you do that? 
Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, (laughs) You know, I've been obsessed with bravery this whole year. You know, the podcast came out and I'm just like, I'm obsessed with being brave because, and I think that, you know, you really hit it. It goes back to my childhood and I had to be brave in those moments. And I had to be brave for not just myself, but for my sister. And so it's building that mindset, you know, it's building that that really strong, like growth mindset, you can change, you can evolve, knowing that some of this stuff is temporary, and you can create your future, right? It's like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. And I think that, you know, throughout my life, and times it did, there were many times where, you know, some of the old stories and the old patterns did hold me back. And I finally got to a breaking point where I was like, no, I'm not going to allow this anymore. And I realized that I had the choice, right? Like, I get to choose. Like, I might not have been able to choose everything in my past and in my childhood. You know, a lot of that was out of my control, but I'm in control now. And reminding myself that has been huge. Absolutely. Oh, and I talk all the time. I, people are probably tired of hearing me say the phrase, choose your child's childhood. Um, but I mean it with so much, so much love that you are the architect of their early years and you truly get to design that experience. So before we get to these amazing kids of yours, your love story is so fascinating to me because you just finished telling us that you spent the first 15 years of your life in an uncertain environment, uh, chaotic, abusive, confused, and you know, doing what we do when we're out of control, which is taking control. And then you met your husband at pretty much that age, right? Yeah. So I met him in junior high. We were in art class together. And it was like, we were just the best of friends, you know, for years and years and years. And, um, but I just knew like my intuition was like, this is my person. Like, I just, it was so much fun. It was so easy. I just loved being around him. I could talk to him for hours. We would be on the phone together late at night and like fall asleep on the phone talking and, you know, just those sort of things. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was such a blessing and, you know, I still was walking through, you know, some of that trauma, even whenever I met him. And so him being, you know, able to really be there for me um, was really cool and really amazing to have a, you know, life partner like that. And, you know, so if you remember home ec class, you have like the flower babies or the egg babies or whatever it is. So I had egg baby twin, twin girls. And he didn't know this, but I actually gave them his last name in eighth grade because I was like, well, we're going to get married. So these are our kids. And he didn't know it until years and years later when I told him like, oh, yeah, um, they had your last name because we're going to get married. And these were our babies. It was just so funny. Wow. There is something so amazing about you because honestly, you lived inside and observed co dysfunctional relationships, one after the other, after the other, these codependency models. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow you just stepped into a relationship and felt health inside of it. Yeah. And I think so much of that is to do with, you know, just being such good friends for so, so long, you know, and, um, and we still are best friends, you know, and so that has been so helpful. And, you know, him, even from a young age, you know, really setting the tone that like, 
I'm independent. So like, you're not tell me what to do. And I, you know, I have my own freedom and him really understanding that has helped me um, to just flourish because I couldn't work well with someone if they were very controlling or anything like that because of my childhood. Like I knew that I would have to be independent and I would have to follow my dreams and do the things that I love without feeling um, held back. Wow. Yeah. And that's what they teach us, you know, Home ec class was one class. Health class was another. And everyone talks about the things you learn in there. But you know what I remember? I remember the theme that they did on healthy relationships versus codependent. And they had like the letter A and then all the different letters. That's what I remember. And you did this. All right. So let's shift to when you realized that the two of you were actually becoming parents. Yes. Oh my goodness. Those type of boundaries are really healthy in a relationship, right? I'm me, I get to be me and you get to be you. And then together we get to be us. But then you add a new human being to the mix. And if you were 100% clear about the way that you wanted to parent differently than you were parented, mm-hmm. how did that initial conversation go? Well, we, you know, we talked about it a lot, actually, like building up to even the moment when we became parents, you know, um, talked a lot about children, even at like 15, 16 years old. I'm like, that's, that was my dream was to just be a mom. That's all that I wanted in life. Um, and it still is my dream. You know, (laughs) my kids are just like my world, my everything. And, um, so we talked about kids a lot, even in very young stages of our relationship. And, you know, he didn't have a great childhood either. And so there was alcoholism, there was divorce, there was a lot of drama in his, in his childhood as well. So really both of us coming together and knowing like, Hey, we don't want it to look like either of our past childhoods. You know, we did not have a great example of what a great childhood looks like or what, you know, a nurturing family um, looks like. And so we really came together and built that on our own. You know, we, we knew what we didn't want. We knew what we wanted and we talked about it and we stayed really open with the communication. And um, I think that has been really key is just continuing to talk through the hard times and continuing to talk through the struggle because especially becoming a new parent, there's so much and it's like, it's a lot for anyone. And so just checking in with each other has really helped. What a gift. People always ask what those big must-haves in really healthy, committed relationships are. And there has always only ever been one one answer, and it's communication, right? That open communication channel where you feel safe enough to say whatever you need to say and know that it's going to be heard. And then you can continue the conversation. Yeah. It's so beautiful because what you're doing is you're setting that model for your kids, right? You literally broke the cycle both of them. <laughs> um, and and now you're giving your kids the opportunity to flourish inside a home that has these things in place. How old are your kids? I'm at 12, 9, and 2. Okay. 12, 9, and 2. So you are also a pandemic mom, and there's so, so many of them listening right now. You have this unique perspective to be able to share what it felt like to raise a child and release them into this world before and after our global pandemic. 
what have you noticed? What feels different? What are you more worried about with this, this world the way it is now? Yeah. So whenever it first started, um, so we had been trying for our number three, her name's Charlie. We had been trying to get pregnant with her for like about three years. And so um, it took a very long time. And that was like a whole season of, you know, just so many different things that you didn't think that would come up after you have two kids. And then to struggle with fertility was just a whole new thing. Um, So we have that going, you know, in the back of our head, then COVID hits. Um, the kids have to come home. Um, my middle daughter was in kindergarten. And so that was just such like, oh, oh my gosh. Like it's such a great, it's such an impactful age, right? It's like there's, oh, it's kindergarten. And how is this going to impact her and her life? And, you know, you're so worried, right? Like I was just filled with all the worry at first. And I was working um, in HR. And so I was working from home. We were creating all the policies and all the safety guidelines and on a call all the time. Um, I was also the point of contact for our employees. So I was getting calls and text messages, you know, having to manage through their worries and their fears as well. Then I have the kids home and we're trying to homeschool and that wasn't (laughs) going anywhere. Um, But I, you know what? I learned so much from them during that time. I really did. I was so worried and I was thinking like just the worst. Oh my gosh, they're never going to thrive again, right? And they flourished. I mean, we are grateful that we have a neighborhood of kids that are similar ages. And so they got outside, they played together, they created like these little habitats for little creatures and bugs. And I mean, it was like the cutest thing ever. They had so much fun and it kind of reminded me like, okay, we're going to get through this, you know, and we're going to just, they had a positive outlook and that kind of shifted, you know, and me too, like, okay, we can, we can make this fun, make the best out of it. Like, you know, we, it was weird at first. It was scary. It was like so unknown. And that was really, you know, scary. I think everyone had fears. And then once we got through the first few weeks, it was like, okay, it's okay. You know, like the world isn't going to end tomorrow. Like we're going to get through this. Um, and I think that it just kind of brought us more together, you know, all the activities just halted. Right. So it's like, okay, we have time to like, wow, we have time to like sit down and breathe and like eat dinner together again, because the kids were, you know, in sports and everything. And it was always go, go, go. So it gave us time to like, okay, let's connect. And that was really cool too. So looking at all the things that it brought us has helped me through it because there's a lot of positive things. And um, we didn't shut down that that much. So we are also grateful that we, you know, the kids just didn't go back after spring break. And so then they were out for the summer and then they went back in the fall, you know, and they went back with masks and different things, but they were so adaptable. I was worried about that too. Like, oh my gosh, how are they going to start? Like, they're going to have to wear a mask and they're going to have to do all these crazy things. And they were so adaptable and they're like, eh, it's fine. And then that was just a short period of time. And then it was like, okay, we're back to normal, you know? And so um, we are blessed that it wasn't as impactful as some other locations, some other states, some other countries, you know, um, in Texas, we, we went back to pretty much normal very quickly. And so, um, that was super helpful too. Hey, Cara here, just popping in to ask you a quick question. Are you dealing with meltdowns? 
Of course you are. You're a toddler mom. What if there was a tool that could help you manage your own emotions and triggers better so you can help your child return to center faster inside the meltdown moment? I am so excited to share my free guide with you. I've even recorded audio files, five mindful mantras for conscious moms managing toddler meltdowns. Grab it today with the link in the show notes, then download the audios and manage meltdowns consciously. And now I'll bring you back to the rest of the episode. So your olders had the opportunity to do experiential learning while the your shutdown was happening, have the summer and then go back. And then you got pregnant. And you were pregnant during all of this medical drama in the world and welcomed Charlie in, she's two. So when was she? July, 2021. Okay. Yeah. So uh, got pregnant in November of 2020. Um, I actually had COVID. Um, I wasn't recovering from COVID. I was really struggling. Um, We all got it here at my family. And then everyone got better, but me. And so I'm like, I'm really struggling. I'm really, I still can't breathe. I'm still coughing. And so I went to care now, um, an urgent care center. And they're like, Oh, I think you might have pneumonia. We need to do a chest X-ray. And they're like, well, is there any way you could be pregnant? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But like in my mind, I'm like, of course I'm not. I haven't, you know, I haven't been getting pregnant for three years. So that's silly, but okay, we'll do the test and find out that I'm pregnant. Um, and it was funny because, you know, it's COVID times. And so Jordan was in the car with the kids waiting for me. And so, and then I find out I'm pregnant right there in care now. So, um, then I became a long hauler. So I had COVID long haul the entire pregnancy. I was on breathing treatments four times a day. I, I really couldn't do much physical activity. Um, so that was a whole other thing. I was on bed rest. Um, the last three months of my pregnancy and I was hospitalized several times. So that in itself was a whole thing. And then, you know, COVID times, um, they limited visitors. My kids couldn't come up to the room and see me. So we had to figure out a workaround on that. Um, so we met them outside. And so I got to see them and visit them outside the hospital, um, for just a little bit every day. Um, but yeah, that was a, a lot of trauma. Robin. I did not know this part of your story. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, and can all of you hear that in every single moment that Robin is sharing something that was overwhelming, frustrating, devastating, all that growth mindset work, it's just so clear. Your ability to see that positive flip or that silver lining or the new opportunity or create a workaround, right? So unbelievable. And we just need so many more people like you out in the world saying bad stuff happens sometimes even to us, but we are allowed to find our own bravery and make our own path in the world. And now she's here and you fought so hard for her and how's she doing? She is doing great. So yeah, you know, in our minds, we were like, okay, we just have to get to 37 weeks because I had placenta previa with a bleed. And so it was like the 37 week mark is what we have to get to. And then we're going to have her by C-section. And we're just thinking like, 
okay, that's, that's the goal. And so finally we get there, right? And she's healthy and everything is going well. And um, we're getting discharged from the hospital. And then she starts vomiting up green bile. Oh. And so then it's a series of events. You know, she's rushed to the NICU. They find out that she has Hirschsprung's disease, which I had no idea what that even was before. But in all of that, you're there's lots of waiting. There's lots of like, you're just so scared. You're so worried. What is happening? You don't have answers right away, right? Like it took what felt like forever for them to diagnose and to, you know, figure out what the next action plan was. Um, in the meanwhile, you're scared that like your baby's going to die and she's three years old or three, three days old, you know, and um, it was terrible. And so finally they did the surgery. Everything went well. They had to cut out a piece of her colon and reattach it um, because part of the colon wasn't functioning the way that it should. And there were a lot of different like hiccups that we had along the way, but Overall, she recovered and she was able to finally come home. Um, But it was just a very interesting journey, you know, because you struggle so long to conceive. Then I had COVID and didn't know what was going to happen. And you're pregnant with COVID. It was so new. Nobody knew like what's going to be the effect of this baby. And then we finally have her and we're thinking, oh, we made it. And then she had all of the health issues that she had. So, you know, it just really like, it really made me and Jordan, my husband, very like much stronger together because we had to lean on each other. Nobody really understands what you're going through um, when you're going through something like that. I had very dark, um, depressed moments, and I didn't know that I was going to survive it. I didn't. I didn't know. I was like, I don't think I'm going to live through this because I felt so much pain. You know, I felt so much fear. Mm-hmm. Once I was able to finally like kind of get through, work through that. Um, just internally and, you know, all of that, you know, we realized that you can never really say, okay, once this happens now, everything's going to be perfect. And that was a huge life learning for us too. It was like, okay, we're done saying that. Like I, like I told him, like, we're not saying that anymore because it was like, oh my gosh, we just have to, okay, now we just have to get through this. And then everything is, we're good. We're in the clear. No, like, that's not how life works. We are going to take everything one thing at a time and we're going to do the best we can with what we're given and we're going to make the best of what we can so that was it was huge but yeah oh my gosh that's the journey of charlie (laughs) the journey of charlie oh i love her i don't even know her and i love her and she's just so well loved yes she is her name is charlie grace so so my audience knows that i had an emma grace and she did not come home from the hospital with us and I can totally relate to where you are coming from with the waiting and the not knowing. And in my case, it was not believing. I was confident the doctors were lying to me because that's what trauma does is mm-hmm. it says, oh, wait, wait, I got this. Like they must all be wrong. Yeah. And we had a mom on the show a little bit ago named Chelsea, and she shared her NICU journey of her son got very sick after five days of and. It changed everything for her. And again, it takes you one way or it takes you another. And it's that ability to tap into your humanness and decide, am I going to take this journey and let it evolve me? Or am I going to accept that this is happening to me and let it stick me where I am and just get stuck? And in her case, she ended up divorced and redefining her entire life, quitting her nine to five corporate 
moving to Mexico and saying, my role in life now is to raise this human being who I was blessed enough to keep. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Those things in your life, you know, the, the trauma or the events that really knock you down are so defining. And it's moments in that where, you know, you realize like, I've only got this one life, you know, like you, you're so close to it. You feel like, okay, I'm still here. So I'm going to show up for my life. And I think that as moms, you have to do that for your kids because they're not necessarily listening to you, but they're watching everything you do. And I am constantly reminding myself of that, you know, and that, that keeps me going because sometimes it's like, okay, you know, in the business or, or just in life in general, you're like, in my mind, I'm thinking I should have started this earlier. I should have started this whenever I didn't have kids. What am I thinking? I'm a mom now. I have to be mom. I can't have a business. And I have to remind myself that they're watching. And so if I am putting myself down like that, then they're going to think it's okay to do that to themselves. And it's not. And I don't want them to think that way. So I have to keep going. Oh, I have a very strong suspicion that your children see you as the bravest person on the planet. Oh, thank you. So tell us more about that. How is that? How is that bravery that you have been honing in on that the way that I described it every time I hit a trauma moment in my life, because seven years ago, I ended up with uh, pulmonary embolisms in both lungs and almost didn't come home. And my kids at that point were tweens. So that was another massive trauma moment in my life. So each one that I accrue, I say to myself, what are the best pieces of me right now that I want to make sure that I double down on and continue to put into the world? And what are the parts of me that I've allowed that are not really serving myself or anybody else, I need to stop tapping into those and up level. And that's what you have done over and you're at like the top of the ladder. I don't know how many rungs this thing has, but you're up there, Robin. And I want to know how you are now taking this fireball that's inside of you to help other women and moms find their bravery. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so important because of the childhood I had and um, knowing that I did not want that for myself or for any other woman out there. It's like this burning, you know, it, it's such a passion and it's such a fire within me to make sure that no woman out there ever thinks that they're not worthy enough. You know, I mean, I want them to know that you're worthy of everything that you desire and you're enough just the way you are all of us should be going after our dreams. I think that sometimes as moms, we put ourselves on the back burner because we think that, you know, we have to show up for our kids, which we do, but we also have to continue to show up for ourselves. Our kids need us to be at our best. And that is still showing up for your dreams. You know, I had a friend once say like, well, when the kids grow up and they're in college, like maybe I'll find myself again. And that hit me, you know, I'm like, no, you need to be yourself now, you know, show up for yourself go after the things that you want in life, because you're literally teaching your kids that they're worth it too. They're worth all of their dreams whenever you are showing up and pursuing yours. So yeah, I started the podcast, Embrace Your Bravery, and I talked to women and lots of moms about, you know, how they're showing up and being brave 
regardless of all of the challenges, right? I mean, we all have challenges and we all face different obstacles and it's just showing up for it and recognizing that there's going to be fears that come up. Um, There might even be like past childhood traumas that come up that you didn't realize were still kind of holding you back. And it's really sitting with that, working through it and understanding you know, do you want to change your perception? Do you want to change your life? Do you want this to be your story? Or do you want to change your story? And knowing that you can do that is been just magical. And so that's what I love. I love working with women and moms and helping them really know that they're worth it and they can do anything that they want. And letting being a mom fuel that fire, right? And not feel like you're holding yourself back um, because our kids need to see us thrive. Absolutely. Oh, so powerful. And that empowerment mentality and that empowerment model, I just feel like it gives your children that gift too. And when you are living inside your truth and your own presence is when you are able to design the nurturing environment. And I don't remember where I heard this, but Somebody said, when you're sitting inside your own power, the words just fall out effortlessly and they're always the right ones and they always land with whoever you're talking to. Personally, that's how I have found podcasting. It's just, it all just comes out and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know what I was thinking that and just came out of my mouth. Good thing it's a positive filter. But with kids, I feel the same way when their moms are aligned and feeling good in their own houses and bodies and relationships and mindsets. They interact on a whole new level with their kids. And it's such a beautiful, powerful relationship. Oh, I completely agree. And I'm seeing that live out. You know, I'm seeing that whenever I'm fully embracing just who I am regardless of, you know, if it's loud or weird or silly, like I'm just embracing every part of me. And, um, and that allows them to show up as them, you know, and I'm not, I don't want them to be anything else, but who they really feel like they are, you know, deep down inside, what is feeling good to you right now? How, you know, how do you want to show up? How do you want to feel? And, and that is coming out and they're so individualized, you know, and I, allowing them to just really grow in the most beautiful ways, just uniquely being themselves. Oh my gosh. I have such a fun story that I just thought of that I have to share. So my daughter, um, Caroline, my 18 year old, she has had a long time friendship with this older woman who's in her seventies and they call them their I forget their name for it, but they basically have playdates once a week where they get together and they play card games and they've done this for years, but Caroline's moving away. She's leaving in a month. And so they are going on a field trip today. So she says to me this morning, I'm not very excited about this. She wants to take me to go look at flowers. I don't find that very fun at all. (laughs) And I said, oh, okay. Well, what if it's not about the flowers? What if it's about having fun with the person who you enjoy spending time with? And the way to do that is to watch her joy. Watch her enjoy the flowers and then you enjoy her enjoyment. And she was like, mom, that's just so weird. 
bye. And off she went. And I was like, wait, that was ridiculously profound. All right, it'll hit her in 10 years. But that's how I create my own joy when I'm in a space where it doesn't feel joyful. Right. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, I think that's so huge. Yeah. And these kids, they just keep on teaching, right? Everything that comes out of their mouth is a lesson and an opportunity for us to come up with something that, again, won't mean anything to them for a while, but eventually Mm -hmm. the puzzle pieces will start to fall into place. and They'll go, oh, that's what my mom meant. I get it now. Yeah. Well, I love that. So much for all your time. I know you're very busy. I would love for you to share with the listeners where they can find you, follow you, and listen to you. Yeah, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. Um, so on Instagram, it's Robin R O B Y N underscore Lynn L Y N N E, and then um, the podcast is Embrace Your Bravery, and it's on Apple and Spotify. So I would love for you to check it out. Fantastic. And she goes live every single day on her Instagram, people. Like three, four minutes of Robin a day is what you're going to get. So go check it out. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story. Thank you. Until our next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.